Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. Today's guest is historian Yuval Noah Harari. And when I say historian, I really, really mean it. He specializes in history from ages ago. His book, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, explores the beginnings of our time on this planet. And he said something in this 2015 interview with NPR host Arun Roth that has me thinking a lot about the big problems we face as a species today. He said that what makes Homo sapiens different from the other animals in the world is our ability to create fictions we can believe in and then use that belief to work together towards a collective goal. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. If you were to look at Homo sapiens 100,000 years ago, you wouldn't find an awful lot to distinguish our species from other animals. But in the last 30,000 years, a mere blip in the history of the Earth, we transformed this planet in a way never seen before, leaving mass extinctions and climate change in our wake. Israeli historian Yuval Noah Harari tells the story of how we got here in his book, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. He says early Homo sapiens weren't just vying for supremacy with other animals, we were also competing with other human species. Until about 30,000 years ago, there were at least five other species of humans on the planet. Uh, Homo sapiens, our ancestors, lived mainly in East Africa, and you had the Neanderthals in Europe, Homo erectus in parts of Asia, and so forth. Just, I think, three or four years ago, uh, scientists have completed the mapping of the Neanderthal genome, and the most amazing discovery was that People of European origins today in the world have up to 4% of their unique human genes from Neanderthal ancestors, which means that there was some interbreeding. And this should make us realize that the gap between us and other animals is not as big as we tend to think. You know, we like to think that we're special with our really big brains and Humans do have big brains, but you point out you know, Neanderthals also had big brains. You write that what's really special about Homo sapiens is this ability to create fictions, to believe in things that don't actually exist. Could you explain why that's useful? We control the world basically because we are the only animals that can cooperate flexibly in very large numbers. And if you examine any large-scale human cooperation, you will always find that it is based on some fiction, like the nation, like money, like human rights. These are all things that do not exist objectively, but they exist only in the stories that we tell and that we uh, spread around. This is something very unique to us, perhaps the most unique feature of our species. You can never, for example, convince a chimpanzee to do something for you by promising that, look, after you die, you will go to chimpanzee heaven and there you will receive lots and lots of bananas for your good deeds here on earth. So now do what I tell you to do. <laughs> but humans do believe such stories. And this is the basic reason why we control the world, whereas chimpanzees are locked up in zoos and research laboratories. 
There's a lot of uh, ways in which you take on human history, which kind of runs counter to what we learned in schools. Uh, one thing we learned was that the agricultural revolution was maybe the greatest thing in the history of humanity. You know, we could store food, we could make plans and build civilizations, not like those grubby hunter-gatherers. <laughs> but you call the agricultural revolution history's biggest fraud. Yes, this is actually a quote from Jared Diamond. And uh, it's today, I think, quite common in the scientific community to acknowledge that the agricultural revolution was maybe not such a good idea. On the collective level, it's obvious that agriculture made humankind far more powerful. But the individual human being probably had a worse life after the revolution than before. The average peasant, let's say, uh, he or she had to work much harder. And in exchange for all this hard work, people actually got a much worse diet. Most of the population got maybe 90% of their calories from a single source of food, like wheat in the Middle East or uh, rice in East Asia. On top of that, you had much uh, worse social hierarchies and social exploitation. Very small elites exploit masses of people for their own needs. In, in this book, you put a lot of effort into taking kind of an objective view of Homo sapiens. It's interesting, though, that you end the book with kind of a judgmental tone. If I can read this to you, you mm -hmm. say, <laughs> we have advanced from canoes to galleys to steamships to space shuttles, but nobody knows where we're going. We are more powerful than ever before, but we have very little idea what to do with all that power. I mean, for a species without direction, we've done pretty well, right? In some areas, we've done amazingly well. In other areas, we've done amazingly bad. Humans are extremely good in acquiring new power, but they are not very good in translating this power into greater happiness, which is why we are far more powerful than ever before, but we don't seem to be much happier. Well, you talk about the civilization. It's a trap, though. We can't go back to the savannas. Are you pessimistic or do you see a path to humans being happy? I try to be realist and not uh, pessimistic or, or optimistic. Again, there are certain things that humans have been doing that have been immensely successful. Uh, people don't realize it usually, but we are living in the most peaceful era in history. There are, of course, wars in, in certain parts of the world. I come from Israel, from the Middle East, so, so I know it. But there are far fewer wars in most areas in the world than ever before. So... Not only in the mere technological field, but also in the field of, of ethics and morality, humankind can make progress. That's Yuval Noah Harari. His new book is Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. He joined us from member station KQED in San Francisco. Yuval, very interesting stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. 
For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR.